Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. I'm your host, uh, Simon Sweetman, and we are up to episode 111. My thanks to Tea Leaf Tea, Le Petit Chocolat, and Yeasty Boys. And just a reminder that if you like the podcast and you uh, want to contribute in some way, I have a press patron account, which you can find uh, in a link um, where you probably found this podcast. You can also subscribe to this on iTunes, follow it on SoundCloud or, or, or directly on the Off The Track site. Um, this one's a conversation with a woman called Jill Eva Craig. She is a musician, but I guess first and foremost, she is a sound engineer. And that's what I wanted to talk to her about Um the behind the scene we talk a lot about the sort of the behind the scenes what goes into making a performance and how a lot of punters just don't know what it takes for a show to happen um, and uh, and those little quick fixes that occur where the techies um, make sure that there's a second microphone and if the microphone goes down um, with the flick of a button the the person has switched to another microphone and you barely even notice that there was uh, a, a dilemma or a problem of any kind um, She's also a musician and still and still making music. Um, she was in a bit, one of my favourite bands uh, from the sort of late 90s in Wellington, Sugarbug, and I, I loved that band. I used to see them play quite a bit. They did quite a few opening slots for internationals, and they and they sort of had a profile at the time, sort of contemporaries of Fur Patrol and and that sort of thing. And I, I think the main music project she's involved in the last few years is is, is working closely with Charlotte Yates. Um, She's a bass player and plays tenor horn and, and has played trumpet and other things like that. So uh, we get into into talking about her background, marching bands and, and, and uh, allegedly very uncool stuff like that growing up in the Waikato and then moving to Wellington and getting involved in, in sound design and sound engineering. She's um, composed and uh, curated scores for theatre. Um, run front of house sound and monitor mixes. We talk about some some big moments like being at a sound check for Neil Young and Crazy Horse, uh, and then all those sort of thankless tasks that go on. You know, the the, the cliche I think is that if it sounds really great, people uh, say that the band sounded great. If it sounds really terrible, people say, oh, what was going wrong with the sound mix? What were those bozos doing? Why did they mess it up? But they never get the congratulations when when the gig sounds fantastic. It's always the musician that's done a good job then. So we talk about some of those frustrations and um, I, I really enjoyed um, this conversation. I, for a start, it was my first time um, meeting Jill. We have uh, corresponded, known each other online and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, And I think I say at the end of the podcast, we've, we've probably been in the same room about 2,000 times over the years without ever speaking or, or really knowing each other. So um, yeah, it was fun, as is often the way with this podcast, fun just to get to know someone. But I hope you enjoy this. This is me talking with musician and sound engineer Jill Eva Craig. You're a musician, but you're. How do you describe yourself? You're, are you a, a sound person first and foremost, or are you both? Um, at the moment, I think I would say I was a sound person. F- yeah. Because that's the thing I'm doing most of at the moment. Yeah, yeah. But you yeah. still play. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen you yeah. play with Charlotte and yeah. things like that. Yeah. But yeah, you, that's that. I guess that's how you earn your living. That's exactly right. So yeah, yeah. yeah. That. Uh, strikes me as uh, there's me um, you know I want to get into a lot of stuff around this but um, someone told me a while ago uh, that sound engineers are pretty much the last person to be complimented they said um, if a gig is terrible 
people might say that the sound was shit as part of that. Yeah. If a gig is great, people will hardly ever say that the sound was brilliant as that part sounds... of it. Or if they do, they they attribute that to the band. You yeah, know, they that's don't. Pretty much it. Yep. Is that yeah. accurate? Is that... So accurate. it feels like a thankless task. So why would one do it? Um. Well, for me, I have sort of dual interests in technology. Mm. So I actually really enjoy the just the technical aspect of sound mm. and um, I also like that kind of being involved in something but not actually being on stage right right so I enjoy that as well so yeah part of something bigger and you're sort of working to your own devices mm-hmm. um, but you're not actually on stage because I mm. find getting on stage and performing quite difficult personally I'm not one of those natural performers right you can play music yeah, and as a result of playing be on a stage as a result of playing music you find yourself on a stage but yeah. it's not something that you've naturally naturally wanted to do and feel yeah. super comfortable doing yeah it's taken a long time to be comfortable on stage mm. and so particularly doing monitors you get that thing of the side of stage perspective yeah which is fascinating in itself mm. and yeah it's just a really unique way of experiencing music yeah yeah sometimes quite stressful yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let's perhaps go all the way back and and um, work out how these dual interests formed in your life and 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 yeah, how, when when and how you realised you were going to do this and and so take me back to where you grew up and what was going on and and when music sort of came into your life. Well, I grew up in the Waikato, and uh, my parents are completely unmusical. And we went to visit my auntie who lives in Motueka mm. and she had a, a guitar sort of hidden in a cupboard and she thought that I might like it and my mum made me pay my savings to her which at the time was like $11 <laughs> in exchange for the guitar yeah. and my auntie was like oh, okay then and so she just sort of gifted me this Hofner Parlour guitar which I still have mm. and and a book and I just sort of started and I already knew how to read music a little bit from learning recorder at school and I just sort of Worked it, worked it out. Mm. Okay, and that was I think I was eleven, and that was the start of learning a musical instrument. And from there, I learnt classical guitar, had proper classical guitar lessons, mm. and then um, that progressed into learning the flute. And then I got trapped into going to a brass band without knowing that it was a brass band practice, <laughs> and so I had that other whole mm. musical education there mm. but then concurrently um, I was really into tape decks as a child and so um, I um, would do things like you'd have one tape deck or well, you'd have two and you'd have one and you'd play a piece and then you'd play that back and play along to it and record it on the next tape deck and you could do that not too many times before you couldn't actually hear anything because of the hiss mm. and that was my sort of first experiments with the idea of multi-tracking music Wow. Okay. So, I mean, how did you arrive at that? Just through your own experimentation, you weren't listening to, you know, you weren't reading up or listening to minimalist and composers or anything at that point. Hell no. No. No, there's no internet, so. No, no. Yeah, and I lived in the country. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So So limited resources. Mm. So I just kind of figured out (laughs) as a thing to do. Yeah. 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 Wow. And um, and so. What else is going on in your childhood? When you know around this time, are you involved in sports and other things, or does music um, become a, and, and tape deck experimentation become the thing? The thing. Yeah, 
Oh, uh, well, you're forced to play sports when you live in a small country mm. a district. So I was playing, um, so playing netball, completely hated it. Mm. Yeah, not very good at team sports. And, and then just the general kind of sports crap that you have to do at school when you don't really want to. Although I was actually quite naturally athletic. Mm. Yeah, I mm. just didn't really like it. Mm. Yeah. So when does music take hold as something, you know, like what's the next step? Like moving into bands and stuff in, in the Waikato or uh, uh, not until? Then. Um, I just kept going with the um, classical guitar started learning brass at high school mm. and that's when my um, one of my brass tutors was like how would you like to come along and play in a group with a whole lot of other brass instruments and I'm like oh yeah sounds cool and I was actually playing the trumpet at that stage and then I went to it to it and it was the Hamilton Citizens Band Junior Band <laughs> and I'm like this is a brass band <laughs> I was like I've been tricked because yeah. they're like the ultimate in terms of being of super uncool. Yeah, yeah. When you were like 14. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, but then the first chord that they play, they start so playing a hymn or something, I was just like, this is amazing. Yeah. Because it's just like being enveloped with just this beautiful, mm. it's quite hard to describe the moment, even though it was like hideously out of tune because it was all like lunar brass players. Yeah. But being in the middle of something like that, I was just like, this is amazing. Mm. So then I switched to cornet, I think. Brass band instrument rather than trumpet, mm. which isn't. And then I had this, had years and years in brass bands, which, um, yeah, provided me with quite an amazing musical mm. education in a way. I was just, I, I always think about um, brass bands, trad, jazz, marching bands that are also hideously uncool. Oh, yeah. But, you know, they're really, um, well, there's some amazing music that comes out yeah. of it, and, and I imagine. Um, I mean, I've done a fair bit of listening to, to that stuff, and there's a lot I like, but I haven't been involved in it directly. But I imagine a, a really wonderful musical education in terms yeah. of um, discipline, particularly. Yeah. 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 So the sort of things that, because um, I ended up playing in A grade bands, and there's a whole kind of um, competitive thing that goes on. Mm-hmm. So you go to brass band contests. And some of the A grade brass band music that's written as test pieces, uh, the amazing bordering on quite abstract mm. works by really great composers and really difficult to play as well. So mm. you sort of learn, it's the whole kind of discipline of working up a piece of music and just this, things like learning how to phrase and how to play as an ensemble and how to balance your part into your section of a band and then your section balancing into the, the brass band as a whole. So, um, and how to phrase stuff properly and yeah. Mm-hmm. and sort of um, how to correct interpretation of rhythm rather than just kind of thinking it sounds should sound like that mm-hmm. actually reading the dots yeah yeah. yeah 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 and are you doing anything that's the complete flip side of that at the same time are you you know you've got yeah sort of experimental um, sound stuff is that happening at that same time or it, yeah 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 which is kind of the opposite in yeah. terms structurally, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so how long do you stick around in the Waikato for? When do you get um, out? When do you I, get out? And do you need to get out? Or, I uh, need to get out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to, um, I broke up with a boy, as you do, yeah. and um, had to leave. And then I um, 
and then the band that I was playing in in Hamilton at that time when I was um, must have been 20 or 21-ish I guess um, we had um, we went on a big um, tour in a bus for like six weeks all around the South Island mm. so once that finished um, yeah I broke up with that guy and then um, thought oh, I'll go and live in Dunedin because there's heaps of cool cool bands there because mm -hmm. uh, and then um, I got as far as Wellington and then hooked up with another guy and um, didn't leave yeah and been here ever since yeah and so when was that sort of whenabouts was that what what era are we talking uh early 90s Wellington. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 and so yeah so Wellington's home now and and the place you've lived the longest or yeah whatever and so what what do you what do you you know you get to Wellington you weren't weren't going to stay here you obviously what do you get involved with directly here um yeah I um I played briefly in a band I think I did one gig with them and then it, it transpired that the guy that was sort of the leader was a was, was kind of a bit of a megalomaniac I think right how and uncommon in music yeah how strange the stuff I've been doing in Hamilton and bands mm. had, was more kind of um, collaborative I suppose mm. and he was like this is the bass line and you're going to play that bass line I'm like okay yeah. even though I think you've ripped this off <laughs> he was a bit of a he was a he plagiarised right like yeah me. yeah I didn't feel comfortable with that yeah yeah so I did one gig got paid like 50 bucks and was like nah that's it yeah and then I um, started playing in Lushburger because mm -hmm. I was seeing the seeing one of the guys in the band at the time that was and um, yeah that I think I might have done that for two or three years mm. yeah and then after that, I played in Sugarbug. Yeah. yeah, and Sugarbug was a band that I really loved. And um, and what sort of happened there? Because this band was, my memory is, I used to see that band play quite a lot. And my memory was that the band got some pretty good um, gigs opening for some yeah. internationals. You know, yeah. obviously played Bodega and the, the Haunts and stuff as, as a headliner with other locals and stuff, but actually opened for some internationals. Yeah. But didn't release an album until, until like... Four years ago. Yeah, 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 <laughs> which it was recorded ages, you know, yeah, yeah. ages ago, yeah. sort of mid to late 90s, right? So classic sort of story of um, band with best intentions and no money, I take it. Um, it was... Uh, well, we sort of... Two of the members ended up moving to Dunedin, and that, that, back then that's quite hard to sustain because yeah, yeah. Of just to fly, fly there and back was so expensive mm. compared to now. Mm, mm. We'll moan about the airlines, but man, like flying a band <laughs> yeah. back in the sort of late 90s, mm. early 2000s was so expensive. Mm. So that sort of became unsustainable, and then um, we had a change of members, and then um, it sort of imploded. Mm. On a sort of a personal level, mm -hmm. you should say. Yeah, another yeah. no, sort of typical band story. Yeah, so <laughs> a really typical yeah. band story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there were these recordings that sat around for yeah. ages, and <clears throat> yeah, and then eventually it finally came out. Finally came out, and yeah. and you know, and it, that that record kind of stands up. Well, well I reckon, you know, like I was amazed. Yeah, it still felt like it had some context. Mm. 
though, even though it yeah. recorded so many years ago. Yeah, I was going to say, what did it feel like listening to it? I mean, apart from obviously it brings up some memories and so yeah. forth, but musically it was something that you could go, well, yeah, this. Yeah, I was, I was listening back and used to think, actually, it was kind of alright. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And so, yeah, because you were, that band was part of a, well, yeah, quite a, quite a thriving Wellington, you know, what, indie rock scene, I guess. At the uh, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. With, yeah. you know, um, your letterbox lambs and things like that. Fur Patrol, yeah, yeah. And She Hard were doing their thing, yeah. and he had like a hole. Mm. Yeah. Mm, mm. And so, and you're a bass player, yeah. essentially. Like, yeah, and, with the and, odd bit of tenor. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's really what you've kept doing. Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so when do you, well, when do you get into the sound engineer, you know, when do you get into being an actual sound engineer and, and, and yeah, how does that? How did that happen? Um, well, I originally started off doing studio work mm. and um, then I, because I've always had that kind of fascination, fascination mm. with the whole kind of recording process and I really like tape machines. I like the, um, mm. I just like the, the whole ritual of like threading up a tape machine and mm. Um, make sure the heads are clean and and the whole kind of press play and record on a tape machine. It's yeah. really satisfying as mm. a thing. And so, um, so part, I partly got into it just because I like tape machines, and I like them. I like the actual magic of you print something, you play it back, and print something else, and you the layering thing. That's mm. still I still find that amazing even in this day and age with Pro Tools and the mm. ability to edit. Just the fact that you can do that. Mm, mm. Yeah, and sometimes even now I don't do that much recording. I'll record something and then put another part to it, and you're just like, fuck, this is cool. Mm, mm. <laughs> so, so there's still that little bit of magic to it. But yeah, so I started off um, yeah in the studio with tape machines and analog stuff, and then started doing a little bit of mixing bands at Bodega because it was good cash on me. Yeah, yeah. Put into the studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after a while, I was like, I really, really like doing this, and I think I'm beginning to prefer it to the studio thing. Yeah. So, the fascination with tape machines, notwithstanding, um, the there's a lot of tedium mm. involved for me in the studio. Yeah, yeah. 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 Not, not many uh, passion projects. A lot of. <clears throat> other people's <laughs> passion and vanity projects which yeah. is which is fine in, in terms of having a job but yeah gets a bit stale right yeah and um, some people really love the tracking process whereas I actually really like the mixing process mm -hmm. so I'm like oh gosh okay I'm gonna have to spend three hours trying to coax a solo out of this guy yeah 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 um what um what, how do I phrase this what uh examples early on of a kind of um, sexism or mansplaining or something did you come across or you know did did you feel like oh you know were you ever treated like you know what she what she won't know uh, a little so sort of like an early example would be I remember being at Bodega mixing some band and this guy came up and was like, just want to let you know that I'm a sound engineer, if you have any problems, <laughs> oh, right. yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll be at the bar drinking, but you just let me know, I'm like, oh cheers, thanks, now, the now sound check was perfect, so I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure 
Yeah. It'll be sweet, but I really appreciate it. Because <laughs> there, 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 there is that sort of person that exists that would possibly do that to anyone, a guy yeah, as well. Yeah, so but, to that guy's credit, he might have done that to Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, he also might not. It, it seems like, yeah, that's yeah. the sort of thing that, that's that sort of sexism um, that comes up, right? That's yeah, sort of, that was and, pretty funny, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I mean... Yeah, I just I was sort of curious to know because you know I guess even still you're in a, you're in a profession that feels like it's quite male dominated, right? Yeah, yeah. still I think they estimate there's like five percent of all engineers, audio engineers are women. Yeah, and that's sort of across across all the sort of audio engineering disciplines, sort of like um, radio and yeah. live sound, studio yeah, yeah. sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, does that get ever get like off-putting to the level of oh fuck I can't take this I'm gonna do something else or nah quite, nah, quite the opposite you're just yeah like, I actually really don't give a shit yeah yeah as yeah. you get older the shit you give get way less <laughs> it would seem yeah 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 and I guess you know like the like anything the work um, stands for itself if you're not good at it you don't get the work yeah. right so it would be true to say though that if you're female you do feel that you have to work somewhat harder than a guy. Mm-hmm. It seems about that there's a bit more leeway. Yeah. It'd be a bit more shit if you're a guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm trying to think um, of this. There was a, there's, that's like a kind of mean thing. There was a quote from a female sound engineer recently that said, you know, you should get any sort of minority to do work like this because... Any, anyone from a sort of minority group because they will have worked harder you know they will have had more to prove yeah well you feel that you have more to prove so mm. like back in the day I'd be like oh I've got to be out there pushing all those boxes and helping load trucks and stuff mm. to prove that I can keep up until I was um, in Australia with the Pink Floyd experience and they've got a really quite gnarly road manager and he's mm. like what the fuck are you doing stop doing that you're paid to do monitors mm. stop mm. and I'm mm. like oh yeah I actually paid to do monitors there's <laughs> I don't a bunch of guys this. here yeah 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 they're here to push that shit up the ramp into yeah, the truck. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I went, yeah, I don't have to do that. Yeah. So I sort of, at that point, I let go of that real need to to prove myself mm. physically. Because mm. I was always really self-conscious about the fact that I'm short and small and I'm not super strong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that, but then I think back on that and I think that's just ridiculous, really. Mm, mm. Yeah. The, Laura Marling um, did this really great podcast a couple of years ago where she went and talked to... Um, only females who are involved in different areas of the music industry. So she talked to sound engineers, she talked to you know a woman who ran a guitar shop, yeah. um, session musicians, but it was all different. It was great, you know, and obviously the, the whole sort of um, thrust behind it was, you know, um, do people treat you differently because yeah. you're a woman doing this job and the answer was always yes you know yeah and and stories like what you're saying of of feeling they had to go that extra mile yeah. to um but that you know that was a i sort of feel like that should be forced listening for any man making music yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. or, or well anything else at all yeah. but certainly any, any any male in the music industry should have to kind of listen to that yeah um so you what you create you you make your own studio you run your own studio uh, well I've got a I used to have my own actual sort of it was more of a formal kind of studio yeah thing. yeah but I have a room now yeah yeah where I do um 
I've got my portal set up in there and a rack of nice things yeah. and but also do um, photographic printing for photographic artists as well so it's like my side sideline side <laughs> hobby yeah yeah my thing that's not music also. right okay yeah so how did that come about like how um, that came about because I've always been interested in the in photography as an art form so so using photography to make art mm. rather than um, just taking pictures of sunsets and s stuff like that so I was doing my first group exhibition at Photospace Gallery and I was very um, frustrated and cut up by the prints I was getting back from a print house mm. and they just couldn't quite get the colour ones right, they were too contrasty and mm. um, and in the end I went to Harvey Norman's on Half Price Wednesday and got great prints from there mm. um, and then I thought it'd be just so much better if I was able to control the whole process right from taking the picture to output and then I started researching printers and went oh yeah, how hard can it be? <laughs> Very naively and then it <laughs> took me probably a good two years of learning the whole kind of how do you make a really great photographic print process mm, mm. um yeah so i just only did it because i couldn't get what i wanted from the from the local supplier mm, mm. and then discovered that i really like it as a as a thing mm, yeah mm. it's that same blend of kind of creativity yeah and yeah te te yeah technical. exactly yeah 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 interesting um so i've got a room i've got a room and i do a little bit of stuff in there mm. it's mostly the things that i do with charlotte and then I've done a little bit of work with uh, Māori Side Steps, mm -hmm. recording some um, of their songs for their podcast, their um, their web series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, so we'll talk through a little bit of the 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 different jobs that comprise uh, that sit under the sort of umbrella sound engineer because you've you've mentioned you know tr tracking versus mixing and doing monitors and and stuff but for anyone listening that that needs a sort of further explanation how many different hats are you or can you be wearing under, um, under that role well at the moment i do heaps of monitors yeah just sort of ended up just ended up that way for live shows yeah 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 and it's um i like it because um I don't have to climb up any ladders and fly things yeah, or yeah. be involved with flying enormous PAs and motors and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah. no, not, that's not me, no thanks. Um, so I like monitor systems because I can I can physically manage them by myself pretty much. Mm. And I also, as I mentioned before, I really like that perspective of the side of stage thing mm. and that how's this person feeling on stage? Am I making their day better or am I fucking it for them? <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I really, yes, I do a lot of monitors, and I do some front of house stuff, um, which I prefer doing acoustic music and um, stuff like that, Stroma gig. Mm. I don't, I'm not the person you'd book if you wanted someone to mix a really loud hip hop act, because I, I really don't like mixing loud. Right. It's so not me. Yeah. And I'm um, working with the side steps as well, doing their front of house Sound. Mm, mm. and I worked with the ukulele orchestra for several years as well doing their, doing their front of house mm. work so yeah and then um, I also do I've done a lot of theatre as well doing sound design for theatre which mm. involves kind of sound effects and writing music and sort of technical 
systems design. Yeah, well. which would which again speaks to that love of um, creation and technology. the te- technology yeah. and the technical side yeah. and actually being um, and theatre. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. I really, I really yeah. like theatre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so, I mean, you mentioned not being interested in, you know, mixing loud or, you know, and uh, are there gigs that you will turn down because you're not interested in the, yep. in that particular genre or that... Um, what, what? I just know that I won't mix loud enough and people right. complain. Right, Yeah, I, I just don't feel comfortable doing it. So it's not about a sort of stylistic choice in terms of music genre or anything it's about a stylistic choice and how you present it present it yeah Yeah. okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i think that that if there's an expectation that it has to be a certain volume yeah yeah that you need to get that person who's prepared to deliver that and that's certainly not me yeah yeah yeah. and um so you must find yourself doing some a mixture of gigs you really don't want to be at versus uh in terms of you know if you're an audience member um versus gigs where you're like super excited that you got to be there like yeah yeah and yeah. finding finding out about finding out about new music on the night stuff you you know I imagine stuff you'd never heard of before and yeah, then yeah. you're involved yeah. in it and suddenly you're like wow I've got a new favorite band but yeah, actually yeah. this was a day at work yeah yeah, yeah. that's exactly it yeah. yeah what are some sort of examples of uh, I guess things you've been kind of blown away by that you had no expectation or or, or maybe knowledge of you know I would say that um, that jazz singer Cecile. Oh, just recently. Just recently, it was a classic. At the example. festival, um, yeah. McLaurin Salvant. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah. So that was yeah. um, that was a Monica gig for me. Right. And we were all like really tired. Yeah. And but it was a really easy setup. And then her band turned up, and we're like, "Gosh, what a nice bunch of people! Mm. Really easy to work with." And then she was completely no fuss whatsoever. Yeah. And. Um, then it came to showtime and, it was just, and there was like so little to do on the monitors mm. and I was just thinking oh my god I'm gonna s-. I was worried about falling asleep <laughs> because I was so tired yeah 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 and also the Michael Fowler's yeah. some of the audience can see in the little area that you're in mm-hmm, mm. yeah look. <laughs> so I was just sitting there just like How do I make my, my s- nails yeah, into yeah. my mask going, stay awake and that was for about five minutes at the top and then I just got kind of caught up in it well, they were um, extraordinary musicians, weren't yeah. they? I mean, I, I had a seat at, I went to that show, and I was, I was probably in about the third row or something. It was one of the closest sort of viewing points I've had in, in that venue, and I was right, right in front of the, the drum kit. Yeah. Just, just enough to the side so I could see everything, but the drummer I thought was particularly he was fabulous. Fantastic. Yeah, so I was amazed because transfixed by it. Yeah, he. He worked really hard all night for his solo because the bass player and the pianist obviously had plenty and they didn't give him a drum solo until then. I, I thought, man, he worked hard. I mean, drum solos obviously bug just about anyone who's not a drummer, but I thought, shit, if anyone totally deserved, deserved one. one. Yeah, he was, but they they were all extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, and it was, you know, it sounded amazing. Like, their venue sounded amazing, they sounded amazing. And that was one of the, I guess, hyped gigs of the festival that was quite talked up she yeah. obviously has a, she and that band have a great reputation but yeah I think that was new to a lot of people you know yeah. a lot of people probably just took a punt to go along to that yeah well and I don't actually get really enjoy that kind of woodly jazz anyway right right yeah, yeah so okay. that's like really enjoying something of a genre that I will not actively seek out yeah, yeah. right right um to the point now where I 
would actually listen to yeah. her particularly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or that band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there. I mean, there is a really good live album that came out about a year ago. That's yeah, pretty similar to you know different yeah. some different material, but pretty similar stylistically yeah. to what they did on that night. Yeah. So yeah. that's an example of yeah. like one of those um, gigs where you just don't expect to enjoy it. And yeah, it's, it's just, just it's just work. Yeah, yeah get and, through this. <laughs> and they've just been just been so transfixed by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And that, yeah, uh, I, I can really um, relate to this sort of, and God, people probably would think that we sound terrible, um, but I can really relate to that sort of boredom slash, you know, oh, yeah. tiredness of of being in the middle of something like a festival, but then suddenly going, because really I had a similar response as a reviewer in terms of a show like that. I kind of went, oh, another show. I, I'm... In this case, I was looking forward to that, and I did know about her, and I was, and I did, you know, I was expecting it to be good. But there was a little part of me as I walked in, uh, going, "Oh, I could do without. I just want to be at home. I've had, yeah. you know, ten nights out." And as I say, that sounds like a strange complaint to people that pay for their tickets and um, wish they could go to things. But when you when you do it night after night, night yeah, and it is work. Yeah. Perhaps more so for you than me, because I think people, uh, you know, I don't well, know. yeah, you're still, you're still not, you're still there in an observatory, you know. You're yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I'm there in a waiting. I'm there in a role. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. But so, I, 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 I'm, I'm just trying to be not, I'm trying to be not too precious about it. I understand yeah. that it's a, a, a perk, you know. It's yeah. a sort of role that, you know. But then again, yeah, yeah, like I've, you know, I've always had that and. Uh, oh, you're so lucky to get to go to that, and you sort of say, yeah, but you know, back in the newspaper days, you have to come home and write about it in ten minutes. Would you like to do that? And people say, oh no, you know, yeah, no, yeah. Don't, don't it's not like, like the gigs over yeah. once you walk out the door of the venue. If you yeah, you've yeah. got to come back and yeah, then make the, some then the work actually kind of begins in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that fest- so festival times must be yeah full of. And it, uh, all sorts of intensity for you from different setups and different jobs yeah. to, yeah. and then you do recurring shows, you know, shows that play out over two nights or, or, yeah. or six yeah. or whatever, like there are. So I did the Barbershop Chronicles. Right, okay. I didn't I, see that. Which was really, really another that, really that was, great show, too. That was one of the sort of flagship shows, yeah. yeah. And, and deservedly so. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a great piece of theatre. Yeah. Yeah. And what did, I mean, that involved, um, that was quite some production, right? Um, it, yeah, it involved taking the um, TSB arena and and sort of creating a um, in the round theatre theatre mm. space on sort of like the floor area. Mm. So it was so technically just kind of getting that kind of grid situation in and in and seating blocks and stuff like that. It was quite a mm. big. It was a quite a big setup. Mm. Yeah, mm. but the audio audio component wasn't overly tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just. Yeah, it just takes time to put those things into place. Yeah, that was a really awesome show, and my role in that was um, just looking after the sound system for their their guy. Yeah, yeah. Who was mixing the show. Do you see? Um, and you, I mean, you don't at all have to name names here, but do you see the worst of musicians or promoters or mm, band yeah. managers that yeah. that you know are taking it out on you or? someone parallel to what you're doing yeah. because, you know, because yeah. why not? 
Um, it's more people covering their butts, yeah. I think, is yeah. the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you just have to sort of step back and go, okay, that's what's happening here. <laughs> it's really hard sometimes not to react in a overly emotionally about it. But get defensive. Get defensive, yeah. Yeah. So you do see some quite appalling behaviour at times. Yeah. Which then makes you very much appreciate when you work with really super onto it organised Yeah, people. yeah, or just like those barbershop chronicle yeah. people, they were really great to work with because they had their shit sorted mm-hmm. and they were chill and yeah, mm-hmm. they were good people. Mm. And the cast were relaxed and nice. Yeah. And I think that's a reflection of the people the like the whole group were mm. were yeah. Um yeah, it must be hard to not bite back or uh, yeah yeah <laughs> how yeah. do you, how do you manage that have you um, learned that the hard well not the hard well i guess the hard way but have you learned that or is uh, there something in you that knows from day that, one not to bother or uh, yeah there's a thing it's a sort of thing where you go um because very occasionally you'll have a clash with someone mm. for whatever reason mm. but um i remember like some a bass player from a very well-known New Zealand band. It's no need to name names. Mm. Um, he was just appallingly rude and condescendingly. It was a total cock during a festival to mm. me, mm. and I was just like so wanting to just like bite back. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just gonna walk away. Yeah. I'm not even gonna answer. And I just had to walk away and just go, <sighs> take a little zen breath. Yeah. Yeah. And go back, finish with the thing I was doing, <laughs> and then. Yeah. 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 So occupational hazard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But it's that thing where it's such a small community. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In New Zealand, that you have to. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a delicate balance because you also can't let people just kind of walk over you. you Yeah. 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 So you sort of go. Sometimes you actually have to be a little assertive and go, "No, we're doing it this way, and this Mm. is the reasons why." Mm. End of story. And I'm I'm just as you're saying that I'm thinking of like. It's a bit like, you know, I, I did a lot of work in, in retail over the years and it's a bit like the the great experiences with a good customer just help you forget about the stink, the, the stink ones, shit. which yeah. which which actually is a, is a yeah. lot of the job. A lot of the job is mildly unpleasant or uninteresting interactions, but the really good aspects remind you why you got into yeah and i'm so yeah. i imagine it's a bit of that like, yeah absolutely you know you, i've met amazing people over the years yeah yeah yeah, yeah. do you really have really great gracious people we get um you know desensitized to to the sort of um fame or you know dealing with someone who's famous and, and stuff but do you still have do you have you had some sort of pinch yourself moments of like i can't believe i'm working with um this person or seeing you know or i've had an interaction with someone that i you know was a hero that i never thought i'd meet and there they are um one of my most favorite things ever was we did sound system for neil young in uh what was victor arena in auckland and so they came on and did their sound check and they played all along the watchtower yeah sound check and i was just like oh my god this yeah. Is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like a little was, private show too. So yeah, and you know, they just caned it. Yeah. Wow. It was just like, did that just happen? Yeah. It was wow. Fantastic. Wow. Yeah. You've um, you're telling me that when I'm in the in the sort of throes of about the biggest Neil Young obsession I've had, you know, I've, yeah. I've, 
I guess I've been a lifelong fan, but just, just the last few weeks I've just been going back through everything yeah. he's done and playing it over and over, which yeah. I haven't done for a while. Yeah. Um, there's something about uh, his... his um, I guess it's an integrity, you know, around doing exactly what he wants, yeah, but but, that, deli but delivering. Yeah, you know? that's exactly how that his Auckland show was. Yeah, was he just got up and he played exactly what he wanted. Which to one play. was that? When was that? Um, that would be maybe four years ago. Oh yeah, cra the Crazy Horse one. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the Wellington show. Yeah, yeah. but he um, that Auckland show was um, he just because people were like, oh, he didn't play da 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 or this yeah. and that, and I'm like. Shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, Played for three hours. <laughs> it gave you a, a fucking amazing show. It was the energy? It was just well, superb. I, you know, I, I get, loved every second of yeah, it. Yeah, I get annoyed with this. That you know, that particularly where we're at now, there's no excuse to you know. Okay, people, people, people maybe want to go along to something and be surprised. They don't want to have it spoiled for them first. But if you're going to come out with that sort of whinge. We have, we, well, we have to it's point. Thing, yeah, totally. But also, we have to point out that it's never been easier to actually be prepared for what a person's going to do. You mm. can you can Google the set list. You can look up go footage on, of them. Go on Spotify. You can find exactly. You can yeah. find you can find the latest release. You can. Um, you can watch footage of them doing yeah. a show from maybe the night earlier or the first show of a tour or and you can um you know and you can be across all the media that they've done so you can get all the hints you can actually get a version of the show and um so you know you you need to actually i always think you know i mean you know i'm i'm in a role where obviously that's research for me anyway but yeah. You know why wouldn't you do that, and why wouldn't you, as a fan, do that? Yeah. And so, that's if you, exactly if, how I feel. Yeah. Well. And I think yeah. you know that Neil Young one is a classic example because yeah, there were people that were kind of like, oh, he didn't he didn't play the the songs I wanted to hear. Well, he played it was a Crazy Horse show, but he still played Heart of Gold, which I don't think he's would have ever done before. You know, as yeah. part. So he, it was kind of like this. You know, he kind of threw people a bone. You know, he kind of yeah, went, yeah. "Wow, you, you know, here's here's my greatest hit. Here it is." And that was kind of quite gracious. Yeah. So he still gay, but there were some people I know that they were like, "Oh, I just wanted more of that." Well, if you wanted more of that, watch a YouTube video. Yeah, or wait, or wait for a Neil Young solo show, so, not yeah. a Crazy Horse show, because yeah. you actually got more of a Neil Young solo show in a Crazy Horse gig than you would have probably normally yeah. got so yeah that that really stuck with me and I guess I guess you come at it from a from an angle too where you, you know when you're working you get given a bit of you know you have a bit of preparation you sort of know what to expect in a way in terms of what they might be going to do so you're a little bit clued up compared to an audience member but um, but then not always I was gonna say always. not always because we're prepared in so far that we have the writers and you go, okay, they need that many wedges and mm. this is their microphone thing or in the case of some of those really big international bands, mm. all you're actually providing is the sound system and all the stuff on stage, all the microphones, everything has yeah. come with the artist. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, right. So our kind of preparation is purely technical and then sometimes I'll um, hunt up the artist beforehand and look at it few yeah, yeah. videos which is a good way of kind of yeah sort of showing what what is that weird little drum that's on the right yeah right yeah 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 
Yeah, or how are they using that? Like, what yeah. are they using that for? Well, what, yeah. what is this stage layout actually? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because. Or, or familiarising yourself with the sound if it's not someone you're super, super familiar yeah, with, yeah. yeah, and things like that. Well, often you don't have time to do that. No. Yeah. You go in technically prepared, but yes. you're, you're cold to the music. Mm, mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, so in that sense, it's kind of like, in as much as you can have your uh, skills and technique down, it's new day every day, right? Like, is, yeah, there's that's one of the great things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's variables. Yeah. And there must be some super stressful yep. <laughs> situations where, again, it's that thankless task of the buck sort of stopping with people in your role yeah. uh, you didn't make them sound great you know you it's your fault <laughs> yeah because my friend Emily who also does sound she's mm. the head of audio for, mm. for the festival um, I remember her telling me years ago she said that she was working she was mixing some band she's like this just sounds fucking terrible I'm like what am I what's wrong what's wrong here and then she went oh it's the band there's nothing I can do here <laughs> yeah made them say like, oh well in an hour and a half it'll be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Now, I always remember telling me that, because sometimes, yeah. despite your best efforts, yeah, um, it's just going to sound like shit. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But other times, you can get it wrong and do the band a disservice too, so you've got to be always mindful of that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. What um, horror stories do you have in terms of malfunctions or, you know, stresses? Where it, where it maybe isn't your fault, or maybe oh, it is, you know? Of, when I went to the United States with the ukulele orchestra a couple of years ago, there was um, a couple of venues that, um, where one of them, they just lied about what they were going to provide and just didn't. Right. Which was just like, why would you do that? Yeah. Um, and it was, and um, it was so dire, at one point it was like, if you guys don't sort the shit out, there will be no show. We'll yeah. be cancelling it. And that made them jump pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that wow. was just kind of um, half the PA not going. <laughs> and um, and then them not wanting to turn on the other part, the other. They actually yeah. had a really nice flowing system in the venue. And they, yeah. For some reason, they just they were like, oh, we don't use that one. I'm like, why? They said, oh, because no one knows how to make <laughs> no it sound. How to, how to, yeah. No one knows how to make it sound okay. And I'm like, well, turn it on. So, so that was sort of one of those ones where you just have to... That was a pretty bad day, and it was my yeah. birthday as well. <laughs> I was just like, "Yay, thanks, yeah. thanks Iowa." Yeah, that's awesome. Not really. <laughs> yes, that was a pretty bad day, and then there was just sort of a, there was another one on that tour where it was just, um, just horrible. Mm. It's one of those things where you just want to erase it from your memory. But but there was still a show, and it still was sounded okay. But to get to that point was just like, yeah, it's really stressful. Um, you know, because I. I Oh, oh I and then there was one earlier this year um, that I did in New Zealand, mm. and it was like the show that we, me and the the front of house guy from that, um, there just wasn't enough people on it, and it happened, but it was just exasperating and mm. it was horrid, and it was like, we will never talk about this again. And I'm like, yep, <laughs> we will never speak of this. We'll never speak of this day. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, I'm fascinated by it because it's like everyone has bad work stories but there's a there's a you know you're living yours out and in public in a way and it and it affects heaps of people heaps of people or 
another way of looking at it is heaps of people can affect what you're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. you know, either or, like depending yeah, on which way you look at that. And yeah. and and I guess you're trying to be as covert as possible, right? You know, yeah. you're not, you know, there are times that you watch people um, jump up and fix things and be on the stage and all of that, but the, the idea is that you're hidden within reason wherever yeah. you are and people don't see you that yeah. you just make people sound good <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the more, aim sometimes it's that thing of like if people knew what it actually took to make this event happen mm. yeah so because um, sometimes um, there's sometimes there's not enough information from the people that are going to play and you just basically you try and work with what you have and you mm. have to improvise to get the show up or the band kind of the band happening and uh, yeah so sometimes I think, God, if people knew what what actually happened to make this show happen, they would be quite surprised. I uh, think. Yeah. Well, maybe they wouldn't give a shit. No, I think I, absolutely, and I think you know, like um, a lot of people that go to shows or are at shows um, have very little idea, not just what it takes logistics-wise and timing-wise, but but how it all happens uh, yeah. in terms of I'm just I'm just thinking of you know I remember vividly I played a, a gig with an Irish band that I used to used to be my sort of bread and butter um, job for many years and we played all around the place and I remember playing at a oh, you know in a tent somewhere at a, like a kind of like, almost like a beer festively type thing so you know, you're dealing with some pretty savage punters by the time you get up at <laughs> eight or nine o'clock when it starts it's at lunchtime. Ghastly, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Done a few and of those. Yeah, and yeah, everyone has that's involved in you know music performance one way or another. And and um, I just remember we played and uh, I think we got through maybe half a song or one song and and the fuses blew and that was that. And there was sort of this explanation of oh we've got a vocal mic. And we've got an unmiked drum kit and nothing else, so sorry, kind of thing. And then there was just these chants to play anyway. You know, people just don't have an understanding that well. No, there's no, there's no show and there's no way. You know, we're gonna. Yeah. And then you you're on stage panicking, trying to fix these things, and then people start booing at you because yeah. they just want a soundtrack to their drinking. Yeah. Yeah. So you know that's you're dealing with. Um, Musically uneducated people that just don't—they yeah. just don't have a concept. Yeah, I'm not or sure. there's yeah. an expectation that they'll go and see a live show and expect it to sound like the record, the record at home. And yeah, it's like how do you even begin to explain physics and what yes. we're actually doing here? Let, let alone the fact that there are also some people that want to sound as little like the record as possible because that's how they roll. That's yeah. how they roll, and and. You know, um, Neil Young was a good example of that. I think, yeah. even though a lot of his records have have a rawness to them, but he, he, you know, he's a guy who wants to create a live experience. That, you know, he's not going to play the guitar solo the exact same way twice, or certainly yeah. not the same yeah. length. You know, it's going to yeah. live in the moment. Yeah, of being yeah. on stage. So yeah, it's all of that stuff is is really quite fascinating. That, and and sound checks. Um, are the bane of a lot of people's lives. What are they like from your point of view? Uh, well, I like them personally. Yeah, well, of course. You can sort <laughs> you, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, um, um, as if you're um, if you're doing front of house, for example, mm. it's, well, they're kind of essential. You do you need to sort of know how's how's the sound system 
mm. going to behave in this environment and um, especially if you're a touring person mm -hmm. um, and um, what's this what's the st sound like coming off the stage and how's it going to impact mm. on my mix in, in this particular room so that's often a, um, a little battle that a front of house sound engineer can have mm. is um, how's the stage sound going to impact on what the punters are hearing and um, and then as a monitor engineer you kind of have to be sort of mindful of what's your stage sound doing mm. in terms of how's it going to um, affect mm. what's going out out the front mm. but mm. that's sort of um, not so much of a problem these days because people are using in-ear monitoring a lot more yeah yeah so then that kind of um, cuts down on the the need to have heaps of wedges on stage yeah yeah pumping out sound which can get into microphones and just contribute to that stage sound musicians yeah. have musicians have um, heroes writers have heroes and influences and people that they you know try to take something from do you have you know who's been crucial to you in in the sound work that you do like not as a performer um, but well, are there, or do you, you know and do you go to events and you know if you go as a punter I imagine you're <laughs> listening to how it sounds yeah. before you're hearing what's happening. Sometimes it's like an occupational yeah. hazard in yeah. a way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So um, one engineer that I really like is this guy called Howard Page and he mixes um, Sting and um, he mixes uh, the BG that's still alive. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Barry. Barry. Yeah. So I met him at... Um, the mission oh, state, yeah, because yeah, yeah. the ukulele orchestra they um, right. opened for for, that, for, for very good. Yeah, yeah, and the other artists that were on that bill mm. as well. Mm. And um, he not only was a really nice, helpful guy. Mm. He um, after the, the show, he let me sit in the front of house tent so I could mm. observe what he was doing. Mm. And after the show, he said, "Come over here, come over here," and he just gave me a quick kind of rundown on what he'd been doing and how he'd laid out his board. And he said, oh, "Just show a couple of tricks." I was like, this is so cool. Yeah, and I've kept yeah. an email touch with him. Yeah. Um, very infrequently. Yeah, yeah. But he's super generous with his knowledge. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and yeah. he's also, did, he's just a fantastic engineer. And it was like one of the best things I've ever heard. Yeah. 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 He just, just nails it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's kind of like a, um, a front of house engineer that I really, yeah. really admire. Yeah. His work. Yeah. And then I like, um, lots of my peers do really great work as well. Yeah, yeah. So, um. Yeah, it feels like we've got um, some pretty good people in New Zealand doing doing shows. You know, I'm yeah. I, I, I I sort of and you watch certain people operating, and I guess this is kind of true of of any profession and certainly any artistic endeavour. But I, I've been thinking about this a little bit lately because I've watched a couple of people working desks, and uh, there's a sort of zen like quality and calmness about them when it's yeah. all going well and yeah when it's not going well not so much <laughs> well yeah. still you know yeah. i mean um i'm thinking of um richard morris or ricky morris's people know him from his performing days but yeah. watching him do sound at a couple of gigs recently and just going because he you know he obviously does it loads in auckland but yeah. i've met him briefly after he did a couple of shows down here and it's like it sounded it sounded amazing, but there was a, a kind of ballet going on, you know, yeah. a poetry to watching him operate the desk. Yeah, 
Tuki Kano's like that as well. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. He likes yeah. Mi- mixing analog and he just creates mm. stuff on the fly. Mm. And it's like this. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And my uh, really first memory of taking any of this in is I think back to when I first moved to Wellington and went to loads of gigs at the town hall, which I miss, you know, is is the best best venue in Wellington, I think, and some of the best gigs I ever saw. And watching this guy operate the desk, and I didn't know anything about what was going on, and just seeing um, it, it all sort of seemed so calm, and when it wasn't, um, ripping out from behind the desk, running up, whether it's plugging in a cable, you know, fixing yep. a microphone. And just, I watched this guy for years going, fuck, he is the master. I had no idea who he was. I didn't know anything. This guy was Andy Craig. But, um, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I, I, I know you did. But yeah. it's true. I'm just, you know, and I, 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 um, I'm, I'm talking to you, not him. So I wait, waited a while before bringing it up. But it's just, it is a memory that I have of yeah. just going, fuck, this, you know, I, I, it is really the first time I properly, through, through seeing him just turn up over and over again at gigs, that's his job and just seeing this person operate that's really how I got to kind of um, get some handle on shit just what you were talking about what goes into a show that people take for granted yeah 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 Um, and yeah just that that kind of at a moment in a second you've got to be (laughs) yeah you've got to switch from your um, so he does it really amazingly he's this ability to be in the kind of creative moment mm. but like this he can snap out of that and fix something mm. go to the other side of the brain and go oh I need to do that and then he can switch back into mm. back in the moment mm. yeah yeah it reminds me of like watching um, a, a glassy in a you know super crowded pub on New Year's Eve or something get from one <laughs> one end to the other carrying Great. all these you know beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> which yeah. is not to trivialize it at all but it's a similar kind of um yeah. uh secret skill that yeah, yeah. you know that yeah. that not any one person can do it's a learned yeah. skill yeah that's yeah that that sort of goes largely goes under underappreciated, yeah. under-observed. Yeah, I think most really great um, sound engineers do have a, you got to have sort of an element of kind of calm. Mm, mm, yeah, mm. think about my peers and the really good ones. Mm. They all have that slight, slight kind of chill part to their nature. And obviously some empathy comes from having been a performer of a kind too. Like yeah. a, this is pretty common with you know, yeah. soundies, right, they all yeah, really, most, com- most can play and can play to a level that they have performed. Yeah. At, yeah. Whether they're still doing, you know, whether that's happening still or whatever, or if it's in the past, because it, it I, f- I feel like it gives some, well, you, you know, you know the horrors yourself firsthand of when it doesn't work for you in yeah, that yeah. moment, so there's an empathy oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was good for me to kind of come back to um, playing with Charlotte after not playing for several years. Right. Because then I was just like, Oh, that's what it's like when you have really fucking terrible qualities. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it really makes it really hard. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then I also, the first gig I did back, I was realised that I was like, 
the classic hopeless musician. I'm like, I left, didn't have any spare batteries, <laughs> couldn't find my guitar strap, yeah. left my stand behind. Like, wow, I'm doing all those things that I just roll my eyes at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. it's you know, and it's it's wearing different hats, isn't it? Yeah. It's, you know, you've, it took me a long time to kind of sort of switch switch off from engineer mm, mode and mm. go back to being a musician. Mm, yeah. Mm. Um, so what's what's um, what else are you working on? What um, are you hoping to do, like music-wise, in terms of your your own playing? Are you enthused enough to you know play more? Are you do you have um, do you have a, a pet project that you want to get out into the world? I've got a few few photographic art projects kind of right. in my head. Yeah. But I'm also really interested in um uh I like quite abstract music and I last year, um what was it, Recut, the city council oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. events. They got me to um create a work for that and that was sort of um a, it was and sort of an abstract surroundy soundtrack with some images which mm. were some of my photographs and I put them into Premiere and um, manipulated them and then wrote a, a thing to go with them. Mm, like a score. Yeah, yeah a score. Yeah. yeah. And um, and then they shifted and then it was going to be presented in this kind of faux surround thing in the left bank and then they shifted the dates back by two weeks and then I was actually away at that point so there was no one to kind of operate this mm. weird little surround thing so I had to it got presented in stereo in the end mm. um, so I'd like to do more in, in more that, of that yeah 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 yeah, yeah. cool so that like, was um that was like a f my first kind of commissioned thing mm. and uh, it was so, so more in the kind of festival and gallery more festival gallery space stuff. Than, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and what about um, I mean working monitors working sound is there an end point is there a point where you go i'm over the i'm over this i'm over the uh, noise i'm over the hours or i'm sure there i'm sure there have been moments. several i'm sure there have been several where you're like fuck fuck I, shit. yeah yeah i, I need a I massive go break and make sandwiches and, at Woolworths. Yeah, yeah yeah um but you come back but yeah. is there <laughs> um i can't see their end point at the moment mm. yeah because i still actually really do like working in the industry yeah 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 and I really like touring as well yeah I like the um it's kind of a form of escapism in a, in a way because you're when you're on tour all you're doing is serving the act you get up every day you're at a venue you set your stuff up you do the show check your emails and just do it day after day so like the sort of petty problems of everyday life are sort of put aside mm. As long as you're paying your bills and yeah. things. <laughs> so I really like the, I really do like the touring, mm. touring things. Because there's enough sort of sameness from day to day, but enough variety. Mm. It's a good balance for someone like me. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so I don't think I'll stop touring anytime soon. Mm. Yeah. yeah, fascinating. It strikes me that there are enough different um, components to what you do to, to go off and... F you know, favour one type for a while. Like if you, yeah, ever, yeah. yeah, if you ever got sick of the touring, yeah, th then you can go back to a studio and do yeah. studio work. But then when that gets boring, yeah, um, you that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's this inbuilt variety. Yeah, and theatre as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I sort of did heaps of theatre for quite a few years. Stopped. Not quite sure why. And because um, I just 
got busy doing monitors basically and then I've just sort of started coming back into the the theatre thing, and I hope to do a whole lot more of that this yeah, year. Yeah, I love. Um, it's a really great change of pace. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I love. I've always been interested in going to the theatre, and just recently I've got back into writing theatre reviews, which which I love doing. I did that for a while a few years ago, and um, I've got right back into doing that. But I, I've got. I don't know if this is if I'm the only person that thinks like this, but whenever I watch a show, I I kind of imagine something going wrong the whole time I think I sound I, like my father I think I think don't trip don't oh. don't flub your lines don't yeah. and I and this extends to the booth I think you know oh god um what happens, I, if, they what happens if they miss a cue what happens if they fade the lights at the wrong moment and I have this and it's not <laughs> I can't quite it's not an anxiety well it sounds like a terrible anxiety it's not that I want it to happen but I'm just fascinated that it almost never happens. Now we're talking professional theatre, so yeah. it shouldn't happen, of course. Yeah. But um, are there, you know, are there? Have you had any horror stories or observed any things um, in your work relating to theatre? See, with theatre, I do the designing end of it. Mm -hmm. Very, very rarely operate it. Right, right. Yeah, because yeah. the operating theatre to me is like extremely boring and right, often yeah. sound, sound and light is operated by one person yeah because it's once it's been designed it's, it's been quite designed, it's quite straightforward yeah it's usually. actually space bar on a laptop yeah, yeah, these days yeah, pretty much yeah or a computer yeah yeah so um in terms of theater um i've been at shows where um like half the, the like the power will go down mm, right yeah, yeah you've yeah. seen that in the theater yeah before yeah um but i've also sort of been during been in production week and it's been touch and go with say an actor who's become ill and things like that mm, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 no no, I, no real no massive ones yeah yeah, yeah. no but i just I've read a few yeah yeah same and i disastrous and, things I've, and I've, i know i've um i mean everyone's had the odd um, microphone fail yeah 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 and it's, yeah. it's like what you do about it yeah yeah, yeah it's how because my dad once had, I had this conversation with my dad. He came and saw the Pink Floyd experience with yeah. Hamilton. It was before I was doing monitors with them. And he just went through this whole thing. He said, what happens if... Yeah, this goes that, wrong. That man who's doing the singing, <laughs> what happens if his microphone stops? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, we've got a backup. Yeah. You know, it's wired and he just picks it up. I said, what happens if a light goes out? And I said, well, if it's up in the truss, you just leave it. Mm. Fix it the next day. What happens if... <laughs> and he just went through everything that could happen. Yeah. Including things that I had never dreamed of. Yeah. Like costume problems and things. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Okay. He's he's missed his calling as he's a as a calling, as yeah. a quality control officer. man officer for the arts. Yeah. But uh, I you know I it's it's great that people because you mean you're just saying before we were talking about how people don't think enough about these things. Isn't it great that there, you know, there are some people who do think about every little thing that goes into. I've I'm finding that more and more with with watching more theatre at the moment I'm, yeah. I've seen you know, people miss their lines and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. if you're just involved in a design you get to know the scripts really 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 well yeah, and right. you go oh we jumped three lines mm. okay, how's that, how are they going to resolve that because it mm. might be a key thing that relates to something further along in the mm. narrative mm. and I'm quite amazed sometimes at how actors will, if they really trust each other and they've got a great relationship on stage you can sort of see that one kind of yeah. circle round and kind of fill in the little gap yeah, cover. and uh, they'll cover it yeah. 
Yeah. Which, you know... Which is um, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, there's this ballet-like aspect to, to, yeah. to the grace of it and, and, and how skilled people can make improvisation look. Yeah. So and how they can cover these things. So that you almost don't notice that they've gone off script and Yeah. Well you wouldn't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so you wanna do you're enjoying doing that and you wanna do more of that. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Is there anything else we need to 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 mention? Is there any what else we what what have we missed? can't really think of anything off the top of my head. Yeah, I feel like we've had a good a good chat through a bunch of things. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it was nice to nice to meet and nice to nice to hear. You know, you've done a good job of explaining a lot of what goes into. Uh, I guess, crudely, we'll say behind the scenes because yeah. that's that's sort of what it is. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think it's just yeah. It's that thing sometimes when um, say people might complain about the sound, and you sort of think, well, um, that particular sound engineers mixing too loud for the room mm. and if you're just the provider of the equipment there's nothing yeah. you can do about how yeah. someone wants to interpret a band yes yeah and sometimes it's excruciating yeah because you know, we've got beautiful sound equipment at yeah. Western audio yeah because we we like to it's state of the art it's the best the best stuff. shit you can buy mm. at this point in time and there's nothing worse than providing us beautiful stuff beautiful microphones and so what went wrong at grizzly bear were you involved with that at the festival? Um, I don't know. Yeah, that was that's that's. I'm just thinking like that is the only example I can think of from very recent where I actually walked out oh. of that show because of the sound, um, and I didn't recognise anyone working it. I felt I like it was. was I felt like it was a visiting it engineer. Was a, it definitely was a visiting engineer. Yeah, yeah, who yeah. didn't know the room or, or the gear or, and just mixed it too loud. Yeah, I don't know, but I think a I, lot of sound problems are because people just mix too loud. Yeah, yeah. Because physical spaces, yeah. this is my theory. Yeah, yeah. So they just get overloaded. You can mm. overload a room. You know, it just gets too loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes you think, wow, if you just pull back your master faders, by <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of, a lot of this unpleasantness potentially just might go away. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But then anyway, I'm not a fan of super loud music. So, yeah, right. So I'll, I'll always say, turn it down. Yeah. 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 And do you, can you, how do you unwind from, you know, like a late night in a show? Do you, uh, do you run a mile from music or do you actually go uh, home and... F- I hardly ever listen to music yeah. at home after yeah. shows. Yeah. And I went for s- several years of li- barely listening to anything because I just mm. felt burnt out by the studio. Yeah, because it's work. Yeah. It's work and it's, yeah. it's just that kind of active listening is hard work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but now, um... I have to confess that I'd like Spotify because yeah. the ability to just dip into to, to jump around and find you things. find find the right thing for the yeah. right mood. Yeah, yeah. So if it's been an absolutely terrible gig, I watch Air Crash Investigation because there's nothing worse <laughs> than a jet plane where every like a crash where yeah. everyone dies. You can have the worst gig in the world. It doesn't compare. It doesn't compare. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. To a jet airplane <laughs> crash. Yeah. So that's my de-stress thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then if everything's fine, then I'll just watch whatever Netflix thing I'm obsessed with at any yeah. given time. Yeah. And then when I'm pottering in my room doing sort of art stuff, that's when I sort of dip into Spotify and find something. Yeah. Find something. Yeah, yeah. So I go on sort of, I'll have a little obsession. So at the moment it's Black Sabbath. Right. 
somehow missed that, even though I grew up in Hamilton. Oh, right, really? Yeah. Okay, so it's a new... It's a new discovery. getting into Black Sabbath. Yeah. <laughs> wow. One of my workmates, Sebastian, he played a track and I'm like, what's this? Are you only, are we only talking the Aussie years or are you, are you getting into... All of it. All of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. You know, they're, they're a fantastic band, right? Like, there's, I, they're one of those groups that I really only listened to the Paranoid album for the longest time as a yeah. teenager. That was the one, and that I really. That is the kind of. The, I feel like you that's know. The start. That's the one that I started. With. Yeah, I feel like that. You know, some people will say the self-titled album is amazing and and, and start there, but I feel like that's the business card for that band. Like that's yeah. the one that's gonna, that's gonna tell you. That's all the you need. Drug. That's the gateway. That's going to yeah. tell you all you need to know about what they do. Yeah. In terms of whether you want to buy so, into it or not. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so that's the one I always go back to. But those first four records are all pretty special. And yeah, I like some of the later Aussie things, and I like some of the the stuff without him. You know. Yeah. The the uh, is it Heaven and Hell? The Ronnie James Dio one. I yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are some. There's some pretty good stuff there. It's, yeah. They're a, they're a band I kind of, yeah, I have my, have you telling me this, I'm going to go away and listen to Black Sabbath probably the rest of the day now, you know, like, <laughs> it, they're one of those, yeah. it, that sort of thing comes up for me. But that's, yeah, that's amazing yeah, I to think very, that, I get quite narrow in my, yeah. in my tastes. Yeah. So I really like Deep Purple. Yeah, yeah. I just love them forever. Yeah, and right. And I still go back in this one particular compilation, which sort of satisfies my need for it. Yeah. It's just like a best of or something. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It just kind of covers... Just it's just great. Yeah, just all the yep. key singles and yeah, and yeah, From, like right, right through. Yeah, right. I yeah. yeah, they were an early obsession for me, Deep Purple, yeah. and I couldn't understand why. You know, and I, I I don't mean to compare stuff, but I couldn't understand why they weren't held in the same regard as like your Led Zeppelins and yeah. and even Sabbath and stuff. And I just thought musically there was so much going on with Deep Purple because yeah. the '60s stuff, uh, you know, they're like this almost psychedelic band yeah um but they're also like a beat combo yeah um, and they're just really groovy yeah, yeah yeah and just and a great example of um virtuoso players that actually meshed nicely yeah. you know rather than virtual sometimes you get a band of virtuoso players and you wish they'd all go off and join a separate band yes. but these guys were all extraordinary yeah. players and they found this amazing yeah yeah, I I um I interviewed Ian Gillen um, live on TV on the oh. Good Morning Show uh, by complete fluke. You know, I was doing the music reviews out there, and uh, I went out, and the host said to me, "Oh, you know, I don't really know enough about this band. Would you would you you know could you help me do the interview?" And I thought she meant like give me some questions and stuff. And I was like, "Oh yeah," and she's like, "Um, yeah, just um." just come out early and we'll put a microphone on you and you can just come out and do the segment with me so next thing I'm sitting on yeah, the good morning couch awesome. with Ian Gillen so that's, that's so kind of, cool. yeah it was kind of like yeah. a there's a highlight for me and one of those examples of um of course had a way better chat backstage afterwards oh, and beforehand yeah. but at, you know really decent guy who hung around and yeah was and that was when they did that show here in about 2006 yeah I went to that one yeah and they were great you know yeah. they were you know obviously like I'm I'm sort of a Richie Blackmore fan but you know he's long gone from the band so yeah. it was still a pretty good version of the band yeah, yeah. and I saw um, Glenn Hughes when he oh yeah how was that 
awesome. If yeah, you like yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was curious. I did was... a cracking bass solo. Yeah. And I was ashamed. I'm ashamed to say I actually got my phone out because I could see him getting ready to do the solo, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to film it because I yeah. like right like this far away from the yeah. stage. It was just it was a comp ticket. Didn't he have? Was it? And he had um, oh yeah, it was it was just a really great show, and he's still got that in his voice as well. I really like his his voice. Was it him? And that was just last year, right? Mm. I missed that, and I I was quite curious to go, but I, I I just in the end I didn't. I don't know. I might have done something else that night, but did did I read that he collapsed like the night or two before that? Yeah, he yeah. did in Christchurch. Yeah, and yeah. then and then there he was two nights later, just up on stage again. Yeah, I think yeah. they said. The, the word was it was dehydration right so right so it wasn't like a heart attack or anything like that no. but it was an actual collapse wasn't it yeah, yeah he yeah. got carted off to hospital yeah 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 that's so, rock and roll yeah yeah so dehydration who knows what that means yeah yeah, yeah. so deep purple was a hamilton thing like uh, that was from my time in hamilton <laughs> yeah yeah endured and all these carried years. on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. fantastic um yeah. Cool. Hey, well, it's been great chatting. It's nice to nice to finally meet you because we have this thing with Facebook friends where you actually can't remember if you've met people or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and then there's that weird thing where you can kind of think, oh, can I just go up to that person on the street? Yeah, and yeah. No, you can't because you don't really know them. And we probably have been in the same room you know, a times. thousand times or yeah. something, you know, as well, which is quite quite funny too. Yeah. yeah. Hey, well, that was cool. Cool. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Yeah. I need a loving and I'm not to blame. I gotta 